we are the ones who rock the fuck out. I'm Travis Maxwell Boone. I'm Ricky Prejean. And tonight on the podcast, I'm going to go ahead and introduce one of my co-hosts here. Hey. Me and Ricky have known each other since, well, we knew each other as kids living in the same neighborhood in Mamu, but we became friends in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was high school. When Isaac had long hair. Right. And Dennis had long hair. Dennis had the long hair, too. You didn't have long hair yet. No. But you did grow it out long because you were seen as fuck. I was seen as fuck. I don't want to talk about it. Really? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It well, you don't. We don't. We don't have to talk about no, anything you don't want to talk about. No, it's fine. It's fine. Do you remember like getting reacquainted in yeah. high school? Yeah, yeah, definitely. One of the earliest memories of it was when when you were a freshman, I believe, mm-hmm. and we were in Mr. Gerald's class <laughs> with fucking me, Isaac, Josh Granger. Oh. <laughs> Fucking, yeah. fucking, uh, Clint, Hunter, Trevor. It's like the whole posse was Dude, in there. Dude, the whole posse was <laughs> in that back corner. And, um, yeah, it was a lot, that class was a lot of fun. Was it ag? It was ag, yeah. So Mr. Gerald was there calling us, you sacks? Sacks, like exactly. Yeah. We were all some sacks. Ball sacks. Not bag, like, not bags. We were ball sacks. Yeah. Which I guess is a bag for your testes. Right. But, um... Yeah, I mean, it it was it was through that, and then like because you were a senior, right? I think so. And you graduated. I might have been a junior at that point. Oh, really? Yeah, I graduated in '05. Oh, well, then yeah, you were a junior. Yeah, because that uh, makes more sense. Because I feel like we had more than just one year of high school together. Mm-hmm. And whenever, whenever you after you graduated, we still hung out though because you lived in the same neighborhood as me. Right. Well, we yeah we lived in Moxim. Your and your place was the place to be, bro. Oh yeah, my my parents moved out of the house in Mamu, moved to Eunice, but left me and my buddy Hunter to live there and uh, go finish out our high school years. And um, it was pretty much party all the time. What you'd expect from yeah. a bunch of teenagers. But we didn't get up to crazy shenanigans. No, no. Well, there was the Greg Savvy night, but oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get there. We're gonna, we're, get, to we're get, there gonna get there later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember there being a lot of Seinfeld. Yeah, a lot of Coheed and Cambria mm-hmm. and Pixies and Mouse. Pixies and Mouse. He's not, this wasn't a fairy tale. Right. <laughs> we were listening to a bunch of eclectic music. Um, and Ricky was bringing the metal. Yeah, yeah, I tried to anyway. Yo, you did? Yeah, the Mastodon, man. Hell, Blood Mountain had already came out because I remember listening to that in the car with Hunter and he, he wasn't feeling it. <laughs> I was feeling it. Because then when Crack the Sky came out, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, that, that record is the one that really got Crack me hooked. Crack the Sky, God yeah, dude. damn. But you you introduced us to Between the Buried and Me, Whitechapel, um, well, Whitechapel came later, but yeah. Well, right, but just to say, introduced yeah. me to them. Um, damn, nah. Damn. Damn. Uh, who else? Fucking, well, Black Dahlia Murders, you listen to back They're then. still one of my favorite death metal bands, and they get shit on. Really? A lot, a lot of people just don't like the fact that they're young guys making good death metal, I think. Are they still young guys? 
10 years from then, from, right. from back then? Right. I think I think they're like our age or a little older. Really? Yeah. So they were our age they making were, they music were, when we were... They were little babies, bro. <laughs> they, they were, were ba- baby metal? Like, like <laughs> baby metal. <laughs> the, uh, um, they even make fun of it in one of the music videos. The video for me, Asthma... Um, they're running, they're riding around in the van, partying, stopping at clubs, stopping at here, drinking, smoking weed, and then they stop at this club, and everyone can get in except the guy who's still underage. God damn it! So he sits on the fucking steps, and and he just he get he's sad. He's just sulking and shit. He just has to sulk on the steps while they go in there and dance like retards. And <laughs> what, what what who was that? What's that video you showed me? Like the greatest party ever. Oh, the uh, decaying with the boys. Yeah, yeah, they're all in there, kind of like, well, not not like that level, obviously, but but they're all in like this nightclub for like like real nightclub people that like go to the club all the time. Yeah, not this nightclub. Not this nightclub. No. And uh, they're in there like doing the robot and taking their shirts off and throwing up on the floor and 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 they get kicked out basically. So what was the name of that band though that has the crazy party video? Every time I die, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another one of my favorite bands, and I love them. To kind of to kind of t- start tying some some things together, that was one of the bands that I don't think you showed me them. Probably Duga. Duga showed me them. Yeah, I don't ever call him Duga, but you right, knew, I, you knew I him. always did. Well, let's start down that road then, where we get to that. Okay. Um, yeah, we're jumping a little ahead, I think. Yeah. Whenever, whenever you were in high school, did you have any aspirations to? Because you were deep in the metal, you were feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm saying these things for you. I'm, I'm assuming you were feeling it. Of course. Can yeah. you feel it, Mr. Krabs? I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> what was the earliest band you were in? Uh, that depends on if you classify never. <laughs> so going so far as to write a song, a band. Sure, I want to hear every little detail. Yeah, um, because I've got, I've got. Well, I have some sort of yeah. Those those little projects as well that never fucking see the light of day or even get off the ground. Yeah, you just talk about them. So there was Shimmer Gloom. Wow, you saying that brings mm, back something. Yeah, it rings a bell. Yeah. What the fuck is Shimmer Gloom? Well, Shimmer Gloom is the name of a dragon in R.A. Salvatore story. Uh, D&D stuff, basically. Um, and I always thought it was really cool. R.A. Salvatore, he, he writes uh, fantasy novels? Right. Like Dungeons and Dragons themed, as a matter of fact. Forgotten Realms. Uh, and he's one of the most famous authors from that genre. Oh, I've seen his name in, in bookstores. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he wrote the Dark Elf trilogy that everyone... Nuts for because of Dritz Duarte because <laughs> because he took an evil race and made a good character out of it and so yeah everyone's got a hard on for Dritz Duarte you and Wa Dunmer Inwa or Dunmer yeah Dunmer well I'm going into Elder Scrolls shit it's fine hey we're being nerds it's fine they're gonna fi- they're gonna figure it out one day anyway might as well be today might as well be now yeah that's right let's show them. Well, we can't we can't show them. We can't, we can't show see. them. It's a podcast. Shit. They'll just have to listen and figure it out. Well, let's just let's just whip them out, and they'll be like they'll get the vibe. <laughs> These huge nerd dicks <laughs> getting hard for, for nerd shits. <laughs> no, but so Shimmer Gloom, yeah, was with who? <sighs> a revolving door of people. 
um, myself uh, as as a vocalist. Mm-hmm. Um, Naturally. Yeah, I was doing the screaming thing. I figured out I could do the screaming thing while listening to Limp Biscuit. Oh, okay. Uh, the second track on Three Dollar Bill, y'all, Pollution. Mm-hmm. I was just doing that at my girlfriend at the time's house, and Andy, who plays guitar, and her brother, who plays bass, as well as my girlfriend at the time, who also played bass, were all just like, shit, we should start a band, Uh huh. and you should be the vocalist. And I was like, really? I never, I had never really thought about it at the, before that. So uh, we, quote unquote, started a band. And, um, as you do. Right. And I started, I wrote lyrics and shit, but we never, every time I got together with Andy and Erica, all we did was dick around on guitar mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it just never went anywhere. Was it, was it fun though? It was a lot of fun. It's all that matters. It was a lot of fun lying to ourselves that we were going to, you know, be a real band. And well, Around what year is this? Oh shit, man. That was very young. Couldn't drive yet. None of that shit. So like, oh, two, oh, three. Yeah, maybe something like that. A one, maybe even. Damn. You know, I don't. I don't remember what year I was a freshman. What came after Shimmer Gloom? It was Shimmer Gloom for a long time, because I even got SG engraved on the side of my uh, class ring. Oh wow! Yeah, like I was, I was a lifer for that band. That, gonna, <laughs> that shit was gonna work, bro. Shimmer Gloom for life. Boy. That shit was gonna work. I lost the fucking ring. I don't know what happened to it, but it I, is a cool band name. Who came up with it? Me. You? Yeah, it was it was the name of a dragon. <gasps> that, that's right. Yeah. You just told me that. I'm yeah. sorry. It's the name of this ancient fucking black dragon. And well, so Ari Salvatore came up with it. Right, he came up with it. I stole it. <laughs> I thought it was a cool name for something. You can't steal from a thief, baby. That's it. <laughs> R.I.P. David Bowie. Yeah. So Shimmergloom was was for a while. When did you like give up on Shimmergloom? I guess I never truly gave up on it. I just stopped thinking about it and started thinking about other bands. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the best way to put it. But um, well, my first band, well, I, I'm the one who wanted to start it. I kind of forced um, two other people to be in it. Hunter, who was living at the house, and a buddy of mine, Cody. We formed a band, and I'm kind of ashamed of the name. At this point, because no, it's a great name. No, it's not. I, I love it's it. It's not though. a great name. Um, <laughs> I love it though. It's it's very high school. It's very indie because I was getting into indie rock. I just gotten into Modest Mouse. Who Isaac Brock and Modest Mouse influenced me to pick up guitar and start writing songs. Yeah. I had other interests before that, but they really turned me on to music and made me want to start writing my own music, playing my own music, playing in a band. The lore behind that band made me want to get a van, get my friends all together, start a band, go tour. Never got to tour. Not proper. We've we've played a a bunch of shows, but that's later on. Prophecy Dogs. Yes. All right, there it is. I love I love the old van too, man. Those are some fond memories. Oh, of the the big black van. I yeah. had this Good Times van that had shag carpet, curtains, running lights, an awesome sound system, four captain's chairs, a bench seat in the back. The works. It was amazing. And I even called it the cockroach after doing the cockroach by Modest yeah. Mouse. I yeah. remember going to Toys, man, all the time. Yeah, Toys Music in Lafayette. It was great. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on Toys in a touch second. On, okay. So we, we started this band, Prophecy Dogs, and um, none of us knew how to play instruments, but we bought all the instruments that we needed, 
guitar, bass, drums. We had amplifiers. And uh, the house in Moxim was the fucking band house because there were no fucking adults there. Right. We would get together and we would just start fucking around. And I think with Cody as the drummer, we wrote four songs. And you covered some too, because I remember you covered Drama Mean. We we covered a few a few mouse songs and we wrote four songs. In too deep, mind is a straight jacket. Yeah, and there were two other ones. I can't remember what they are, but I'm sure they either got cut from the quote unquote set list, or they were you know rewritten later. Whenever you introduced me, so Cody left the band because he was in love, and um, you know. Women, women... I never understood why he left. Well, I'm not, let me not say women. Love does crazy things. Oh, of course. Um, so he, he quit the band. I guess he wasn't feeling it. Um, and then at that point, I think Hunter and I moved to Eunice at my parents' house. That's when my parents started going through their divorce and all that drama, which I'm not going to touch yeah. on. Yeah, let's not get into all that. But I was looking for a drummer, and yeah. I knew you were into some music. Well, actually, before we even get to the next project... That I, that I was in back when I was still living in Mamu, right at the house in Moxim, you were in a band and you guys were uh, y'all ended up playing with us in Eunice. That's right, in our garage. Yeah, um, we were called we called ourselves the Indifference of Good Men. It's a quote from the Boondock Saints, um, which it's a cult movie, which I loved at the fucking time like so much. Mm-hmm. I was so into it. That was me and Alex and Josh and I, I. I think maybe maybe Vance at the time. There were four of y'all. Yeah, I have a picture. No, you know what? Jerry was in the band at that point. <laughs> oh, no. What was he doing? Guitar. He was playing guitar, and they were turning him down. Oh. Because wow. we were we were recording some things. That's what we did with Hunter's bass. We <laughs> we turned it down. We were re- we were recording some things, and they were just like, "Hold up, we gotta adjust some levels real quick. Just turn it down <laughs> a little bit." And, yeah, you fucking suck, dude. It was his. It was his his dad's recording studio too. It's like an outdoor kitchen slash recording studio, and we were having to turn that dude down. <laughs> it's, I think I've been there. It's a great dude. It's a magical place. I think I was there with Josh McClellan and Dennis Granger, and we jammed once. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And that's the first time I ever saw someone play uh, the Inter Sandman intro mm-hmm. and into the riff, of course, for the first time. Like, and Dennis played the whole goddamn thing, and I was like, "Wow, that's way more intricate than I thought it was yeah. for a riff, right?" Because it has la- like it builds up and it has layers. It starts simple, then it starts getting more into it and stuff. Right. I mean, for any metal guitar players out there, you're you're like, it's not that complicated, and and it's not, but it's more complicated than just well for me. You than know, you would think than you would think, right? Just at that time, it. I was just doing simple fucking like bar chords and stuff. I wasn't, and even now, I'm not. I'm not that fucking great. So it, it, you're 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 good at guitar, man. I mean, but uh, okay, well, we're not gonna suck my dick over here. So, indifference of good men, you were with them for a little bit. And we we wrote two songs, and Jerry made some cool cover art. For Jerry us. was a little artist. He was. Um, he took 
He he mostly stole pictures, but he stole some pictures. And, I've done that. I, I and put like the logo and some shit on them. And oh, okay. one of them was a picture of Doctor Orpheus from the Venture Bros. Oh my god! <laughs> Just going like this. I love that. I love that show. But um, one was that, and there was this one with this like tatted up chick in like a bikini with like a gas mask on. And what's up with the gas mask aesthetic? Even Modest Mouse uses the fucking gas mask. I don't know. It's cool, I guess. It's cool look. Is it? I think it is. I never dug it. Even really? when Mouse did it. Yeah, they had it as part of the artwork for um, Good News for People Who Love Bad News. Okay. It's just in the booklet. And I'm like... And it's it's pink. And he even uses it in the video for World at Large. He puts it on, unleashes some poison from some box, and eggs grow out of plants. I don't know. Wow. Modest Mouse. Modest Mouse stuff, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> he's dressed like fucking Sergeant Pepper or and some shit. Isaac, Isaac Brock stuff. <sighs> dude. Yeah, that, that dude's throwed I, off in the best way possible. I don't know why. Gas masks, just that, that doesn't Maybe do Maybe because it it's probably, it's it's played out. You know, like everyone and their moms had an album cover with a, a gas mask on or Something, you know. Maybe, I think more for me, it's like, the design of it, for one, I just don't think looks cool with the Google goggles. Yeah. The Google goggles. And that's um, what you see, that's one of my favorite parts. The Google goggles? Yeah, the big. The big boogly boogle eyes? Yes. But <laughs> it's that, and it's also like, I don't want the air to smell bad. So to see it, I'm like, oh, the, it smells bad there, and you can't exist without it. Right. So I'm like, mm-mm, don't want that to happen. No. I'm, I'm I have one. I have a functional gas mask. I used to wear them for the pest control job. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that was it. Like a respirator. It was or? a respirator. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't like a. It, it wasn't the cooler version. No. You didn't have like a. Uh, that. Self-contained. No. 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 <laughs> I wasn't a fucking astronaut or some shit. <laughs> Killing. Thank clothes. God, dude. I couldn't imagine wearing all that. I shit. I would have been in space if I wouldn't have had that thing on with all the poison in the air, though. Yeah. I'd have been. Fucked. That's true. Well, after indifference, why'd y'all break up? Because we never got anywhere with it, and no one ever put in the work. <laughs> Just say because of Jerry. <sighs> Jerry. All right. Yeah, he, he you know, <laughs> it, was, it was his equipment, it was his spot, and... No one liked him, so we stopped being a band. And, and we, we couldn't kick him out because of that, but... <sighs> Yeah, we just <laughs> no. we just kind of gave up on it after a while, and that was that, you know. But that's um, around the time that Josh started playing drums and uh, started getting into drums anyway. And so everyone's everyone's musical interest was kind of changing. Like Alex had started getting into like a little bit of like country and stuff. And, mm. You know, everyone's interest just kind of started evolving, and they were getting ready to move to Lake Charles to go to school. Mm -hmm. So they went to uh, Magnese. College fucks everything. Yeah, you know, and they they were a lot younger than me, and, you know, it just it just didn't pan out. And a lot of the times I felt like I was actually, kind of like what you said with Hunter and Cody, like I was forcing them to be in a band, and that kind of shit never works, you know? No. So it, it was destined to fail, and it's a good thing that it did because it was some sceny-weeny bullshit anyway. Explain for the listeners who don't know, what is scene? Um, scene is what you get when, or at the time what you had, when, like, hipsters got into 
like metal and like hardcore and wait so you were a hipster in a sense yeah you didn't act like a fucking hipster no i didn't you weren't a hipster dude you I might just, have, you might I have just, looked seen, just, right but you were you were true scene yeah you were true cold i guess <laughs> just i had thing. the stupid sweepy hair and it wasn't stupid. I, I hated it. You were I one, hate it now. I didn't were, hate it at the time. You were one of obviously. the people that actually could pull off the look, though. I, 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 okay. And you know I you've just, been told that. I'm, I've been told that. Yeah. yeah. I've been told I was a cool-looking kid. You, know? you were a ladies' man. I, I was. I was a bit of a ladies' man. You were. Um, I wore the tight pants with the holes in them and mm-hmm. the shirts and... The little the little bandana hanging out the back pocket, right? Like the 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 the, the hot topic variety of belts, right? All the different uh, all designer the stu- belts, all the stupid pyramids everywhere, and <laughs> studded belts. And yeah, I wore more more than one belt sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there'd be like two just hanging there, right? It wasn't even or in like the loops. or like most of the time it was like one, like just an extra belt just hanging. Yeah, hey man, it's a you're. I was a kid, man. Expressing yourself. Sure. Yeah. I had the pink bandana with the skulls on it. I never had a look. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. I just wore whatever. The only time I ever had a look was in middle school when I wore a trench coat. Because I liked fucking Silent Bob. I liked trench coats, too, in middle school. And I liked Sting. Hell, I I wore one in in, uh, high school, too. I was told not to wear it anymore. Jesus Christ. By Miss Cheryl. The, oh the principal, God. because she was uh, she was like Columbine, and I'm like I'm not gonna shoot the school up, right? <laughs> I'm just trying to look dark. If God. if I wanted to shoot the school up, I wouldn't need a trench coat to do it. Yeah, you could just walk onto that campus and fucking yeah, light dude, children like, up. It's not like they had any type of form of security at all. Anyone could just walk onto that yeah. like, school ground and just at any time. Bro, you could start just walk straight grenades. to a classroom and just start blowing heads off. <laughs> you know, they didn't—they didn't take any sort of security measures I, that I recall. Anyway. No, no. But but yeah, the scene look—that's that's definitely something that I had. That's definitely a trend in the music that I followed for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, I say a long time for a while. But I was also into stuff that was cool too, and still is cool. You know, I was into the Misfits. I was listening to a little bit of uh, a little bit of punk, a little bit of death metal. Danzig hardcore. was on Aquatine, so he is all forever cool. Oh, Danzig! I loved Danzig. I, you know, it's funny because I tried to emulate him in a lot of ways. Danzig. I had the sideburns. Gothic Elvis. Yeah, man. Yeah, you did have the big. I had the big sideburns too at one point. I loved. I loved it, my sideburns. You know why? Why? Because I saw pictures of when Isaac was younger and he had the big sideburns. The did big, it? the big red like. Well, for him, it looked more redneck, but it was like, yeah, I want that. Yeah. When you when when the Sini Weenie broke up, how did you get to her greatest fear? Oh boy, because that was some Elec people. They were in Elec, yeah. Um, uh, uh, that's Alexandria, Louisiana. We call it Elec, right? Because we coon ass. And that was roughly an hour away from where I was living. Um, I was still living in the neighborhood at the time. You were? Yes, because wow. I still had the van. It was shortly after that me and Hunter moved to Eunice that the my van crapped out and right. we didn't have that that one anymore. We got a different one, a white one. Because remember the weekend, it was a, you guys were going to play a show at a uh, a VA, right? Yes. And yeah. 
You, you wanted, and Hunter came watch. Well, yeah, that you, was my first show. You wanted us to come along for some reason. Something about you needed to learn all of the vocals that night. Like you needed to learn a lot of the I lyrics. Had to write, I had to write all the lyrics. Oh, that's what it was. He only had he only had who's, some lyrics to one song. Who's he? Goddamn Alan. <laughs> Let's back up a second and come back to this. Okay. I met Alan, Chucky. The first time I met him was crazy. Too, he looks like Chucky the doll. He really does. Just with with sceny weeny hair. The flip hair. The, yeah, the stupid hair in your face or hair to the side. Yeah. Well, what what, what say what what when when did you meet him? Like, what's the crazy? So I met him through like <laughs> Brittany and uh, Cody, uh, mm-hmm. Tyler. Goddamn, called him Cody. Uh, all the Dakotis. That's why I called him that. This is the same Britney that's going to be part of Greg Savvy, the world's finest, and the same Britney that's going to come up in a episode where uh, Angel's going to talk about some spooky shit. Okay. Um, so I, I, I met Will and Nikki. Will was Britney's cousin. Mm-hmm. I met them through, through them. Those are the Alec people. Right. They live in Alexandria. And they brought this guy named Alan, mm-hmm. and he seemed cool at first. Uh, <laughs> you know, we went to Walmart for something. I can't even remember what, but there was some rednecks in the parking lot that were, like, trying to fuck with us, and we were like, fuck off. Mm-hmm. And um, we got in our car. Hey, boy, you sure look cute with your flippy hair. Yeah, yeah, they were, like, they were they were saying something about him being my girlfriend or whatever, and... I wish I was your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I, we, we... That's repressed homosexuality, right? Right, right. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we told them to fuck off and got in my car. And so they got in their truck and they followed us. And it's a two-lane road on the way out of uh, Phil Platt. So they got on the side and they rolled the windows down. So we rolled, I rolled the window down on, on the driver's side and I was like, fuck off. Told you to fuck off. And they were... I couldn't understand what they were saying, but they were burger durgan, right? Yeah, doing all that. I wish pointing. you fuck me in the butt. So, Alan actually did something really cool. We had an open container of some sort of drink, and he just fucking flung it in the <laughs> truck at him, and it spilled all over these dudes, and they threw it back. We were just throwing trash at each other. <laughs> We just we just kind of threw trash at each other for a while, and they followed us all the way to um, to to uh, Brittany's. So we called because there was like five of these dudes in the truck, oh, and only sure. two of us. So sure. we we called fucking. I called Tyler, and I was like, "Dude, crazy Tyler." I was like, "I was like, it might be time to throw down when we get back. There's some fucking idiots following us, and uh, gonna scrap." So we pull into his house, and him and him and Will come out, and Will's got, Will's got like a belt or a chain or something like wrapped around his hands and shit. And Fuck yeah! They they kind of just they they didn't they didn't come on the property. They were smart enough. Well, yeah, I mean, you they, know, who's gonna just go invade someone's property? I'm pretty sure in this state, you can get shot if you go He's on someone's like, property. Oh yeah, like and, like. And that's your fuck up. That's you shouldn't fu- be there. Exactly. You know, like, fuck off. Get off my land. Shouldn't have been telling telling y'all that y'all were some some uh, boyfriend girl boyfriends. Right. You know. Even though, fuck them. I mean, fuck them. Who get? You know. That that's 
That's neither here nor there. That's silly. Yeah, that's a bunch of stupid shit. One thing I want to say is I want to apologize to the audience for my voice. I, I like, completely lost my voice last week. So if I sound weird, that's what the deal is. Tell everyone why. Um, Why you lost your voice. Because I yelled at the top of my fucking lungs. Why did you yell at the top of your fucking lungs? <laughs> this is when you told Jesus me all Christ. this shit. Because my new dumbass fucking <laughs> zero turn lawnmower is so heavy. And my yard is such a goddamn swamp. That I fucked with it for hours trying to get it unstuck from the mud. I made, I swear I made three and a half foot high ruts. <laughs> in my goddamn yard and uh it, it took a lot of work to get it unstuck and it got unstuck more than it got stuck more than once it involved cat litter cat litter everywhere all over my yard and just <laughs> that i lost my grandmother earlier in the week yeah. and it was just it was just a rough week yeah. and so i got in the car and i needed to release anger and so i put on some uh I think I put on Ritual Killer, and I just yelled as loud as I could, as long as my voice would allow me. Didn't you also, like, fucking cut yourself on something? Yeah, yeah, when I was trying to undo... Not on purpose, by the way, that no, sounds... No, no, <laughs> you weren't. I wasn't, I wasn't cutting to release the pain. Um, no, like... Grandma! Uh, grandma! <laughs> no, I, uh... I fucking... My, uh... Hot wire that I run across the fence mm-hmm. was all tangled up in the fucking gate somehow. And I was trying to untangle it so I could get the lawnmower to the front yard through the gate. And somehow this fucking fence just stabbed the shit out of my <laughs> pinky finger. And I was bleeding everywhere, full of mud. Just, it was, it was a nightmare. I'm not trying to laugh at, at your pain. <laughs> it's fine. I'm, I, I laugh at it. I just like the, I like a scenario where things just keep getting more and more fucked up, and that's and that's what it was. That yeah, day. it was it was just one thing after the, the other. The snowball effect. Yeah. Of ridiculousness. Yeah. So when I met Alan, it was Alan. at it was at a party. I don't remember whose house it was at. Probably Britney's. It might have been. You know what? It was. It was. Yeah. Because I rem- and Trevor was there too. Because I remember we briefly talked about about a band. How cool it would be to make an acoustic metal band named Ironwood. Metalwood. Metalwood? Metalwood. Metalwood. I was getting... Yeah. Because so I saw, of a magic chord. <laughs> oh, well then maybe it was Ironwood, if that's what it was called. I, I don't know. But what happened was, I had brought my gear, which was a little fucking shitty amp and my shitty fucking squire. And, and someone told me that Alan played guitar, and I was Mr. Big Nuts. I was like, oh, let me plug in and show this fucking guy what I can do, yeah. which was nothing. It was <laughs> nothing, dude. And he picked up an acoustic, and he started to play a little bit, but he wasn't doing anything crazy. Right. And me and him started to jam a little bit, and that's where we, it was like, Iron Wood, ha ha ha, because I was electric, he was acoustic. Right. And that, that was my first interaction with him, and I thought, like you did, this guy's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, you know. I, I shouldn't have been an asshole. When you, when you almost... When you almost throw down with some rednecks yeah. with somebody, you, bond. you know, you bond a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was like, I, I like this guy. I got to meet Will and Nikki, who I'm still friends with. Mm-hmm. You know, they're 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 a couple. Um, 
and they're great. They're great people. They have a they have a beautiful family now. They're still doing good, you know. Anyway, shout out to Will and Nikki. Shout out to Will and Nikki. But when we went with you to Ella to play your first show with Her Greatest Fear, which that's... was comprised of Alan and Eddie and Corey and my brother Bryant Prejean. What? Bryant Prejean, man. There was another Prejean in the band. He was black. <laughs> For two seconds, I was like, "You have a brother?" No, <laughs> I remember Brian. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was funny because on like we were we were always talking about like on a bill or something you'd have like our names and you'd see two Prejeans and you'd think, "Oh, they must be brothers," and y'all, then you find out it's the black dude and the white dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we well, all were brothers, right? Fuck it, fuck it. I mean, he's the only one from the band that I kept in touch with. Well, I guess he years. was a brother. He was right. He's the only one that I kept in touch with. I kept in touch with Eddie for a little while, but you know, life happens. Definitely and, you know, severed ties with Alan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, well, that night though, I do remember like that's the first time I saw that guy actually play. Yeah, and I was like, he was good. Oh yeah, he was good, bro. He, he was really good. He he knew what he was doing. He was good at guitar. And I didn't know that he was actually going to be one of the singers. I thought you were just the 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 vocalist and. But he was singing that night. He was playing guitar in the bedroom while right. while you were writing lyrics. And he was doing all the emo stuff. It was very emo, but it was entertaining. Right. He was lulling women we, to sleep. We were we were some sceny weeny kids. You know, we had a we had like a metalcore slash screamo sound, and you know, it, it it was what was popular at the time, and that's what we were doing. Yeah. The next day, we all loaded up, and everyone got the equipment together. We drove out to this place in the middle of fucking nowhere, but people showed up, dude. A lot of people. A showed lot of up. people showed up. Yeah, and that's when you were you started screaming, and I don't think I had heard you do anything until that point. Really? No. Oh wow. Well, no, I must have because you were in indifference. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, at at your parents' place, we yeah. played that one time. I'm getting things really mixed up. Then were you in indifference after her greatest fear? No, that was before. Well then. But I remember going to that show in Ellick, and I know I was living in Mamu because you picked me up at that house. Hell, maybe so. I think you were in Her Greatest Fear first, dude. Because I remember that night thinking, oh my god, they are legit as fuck. Like, you guys sounded amazing. Well, you but, sounded like what you were trying to do, which you right. called Screamo Metalcore. Right, it was like a blend of the bo- both you of You were doing the fucking awesome hard vocals, and then when it would go to the clean vocals, Alan would start singing, and I was like, "This, this, they're fucking rocking. For for those of you who might want like sort of a frame of reference for the sound, it was something like From Autumn to Ashes that we had going on. Okay, yeah. Um, which was yeah. one of my favorite bands at the time. They were big at the time, too. They were. Um, Big screamo band, and they were screamo, but they they still had like a strong metalcore sound. You know, it was still heavy, which which was important to me because the little screamo bands that weren't heavy, I couldn't get into them. You know, like at who? the time, like uh, Thursday, which later in life I became I I came to appreciate Thursday Emery. Oh, um, okay, I get you what know, you're saying. Uh, Emery is considered screamo. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, I've seen them. I've met them. They're they're Toby great. and um, they're great. I've never met them, but they're, they're they're really good. They're fucking tall. Oh, are they? <laughs> they're very tall. I mean, that's not hard when you stand next to me because I'm mean, five foot four. But and and I'm and I'm not a tall guy either. 
but and they also <clears throat> their voices when they talk, they don't sound like when they sing. Oh no, <laughs> we're from North Carolina. No shit. Yeah. Whoa. When you hear, if you ever hear the band Emory, they have very clean singing vocals, and they yeah. sound they sound very enunciated and and. They don't sound like they talk like fucking hillbillies, but right. they talk like hillbillies. That's hilarious. But after her greatest, like that's the only show y'all played. It's the only show we played, and we started recording not long after that. Why did that band break up? Because of Alan, Jerry, and Alan. Yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> so basically, and I didn't even have a job at the time. I was making my way to Ellick. An hour away from my home, twice a week, for for practice and writing purposes. We would all get together. And then I put money in, like everyone else, for the demo. We were going to do a demo. And we recorded the drums, the guitar work, bass. And when it came down to record the vocals, Alan basically didn't want me in the band anymore. For reasons that were never disclosed. Even to this day, you don't know why? No, no. I think it was because I didn't want to sound like Nonpoint. He wanted to do he wanted to do this demo like we were, and then drastically change the sound of the band because he had really gotten into the band Nonpoint. That's a band to really fucking try to rip off, huh? Yeah. Bullet with your name on it, if you remember that. I remember it was Nonpoint. I remember you telling me this, and I remember thinking the same thing I thought at the time. Fucking Nonpoint? Exactly. They're not even influential. Right. Nonpoint, if you're listening, I mean, I'm sorry, but... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's nothing against you. No, it's... it's, 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 You know what it is. Yeah, and... Fuckers. So, a few of us were um, totally against that, obviously. And, I don't know, maybe he was... I guess since... He figured I would never do non-point vocals. I should get I should get rid of Ricky because it's my band. And we were kind of like, dude, you can't just make all the decisions in the band. Yeah, you little you know, you know, god complex. Like, like, dude, like we all put in money for the demo. You know, we didn't all put the same. We all just put what we could. Sure. And it was understood that you know this was for the you know it was a, a group effort. Yeah. And it's a band. Right, you know, we wanted to do it legit, and um, long story short, he he got away with whatever was recorded. He and, like a thief in the night, like a thief in the night, and <laughs> never paid anybody back for for like his portions that he didn't put in. I picture him driving fast away from the studio with like the the reels of tape flying out the window <laughs> like cash. <laughs> He's like, they'll <laughs> never catch me, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, he uh, laughing like Chucky. He he, you know, the band basically dissolved, you know, before the demo was even done. God, and uh, like I said, I kept in touch with Bryant and Eddie. They're both great dudes. I never got close to Corey, but um, kept in touch with those guys, and they went on to do other things. And you know, it is what it is. That was her greatest fear, the weeniest of weenies. <laughs> <laughs> Shortly after her greatest fear was done with, and that going back to to Duga, I needed a drummer. I had just moved to Eunice. I still wanted to do the fucking band thing because I think as Prophecy Dogs, we played two house 
No, we played one house show. I remember that show. It was Trevor's. And it was great. It was at Trevor's, yeah. I got. I remember Cody took his shirt off. Oh, he had and an we all, old man body. We, we, made a, we made a big fucking deal because they're like, look at Cody with his old man body. Yeah. And, and, it's like, you we were your also, dad's body, dude. We were all some skinny little fucks and shit, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, he, he had a man's body before we did, and well, that's, I guess we were jealous in a way. He had this something like mine. <laughs> After he left the band, though, uh, we only played that one party. I got a picture. Again, I have pictures, and, and you're sitting on the floor. With some other people, from Who that. Who was I there with? Brittany's there. there there's a oh, few people. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Brittany. Yeah, I was kind of seeing Brittany at the time, and it was, it was between me and another person, who I, I shall not name. Who uh, it was between one of our breakups, and uh, it was life was total fucking chaos and anarchy at that time for me. Mm. You know, I'm I'm sure you remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just don't want to get into any of that, but... That's fine. So, yeah, I was there. I guess I was there with Brittany and maybe maybe her sister and her brother. Probably. Cody and Courtney. Oh, oh, before we get to... Dang, we're, we're really building this, this Tyler, whole... I keep calling him goddamn Cody. His name is Tyler. Their last name is Dakota. It's fine. So, okay. Fuck. <laughs> I keep keep calling this dude Cody, and it's not his name. We gotta touch on Greg Savvy before we go any further, because that was also when I was still living in Mamu. That's true. That was also yeah. during the time of Prophecy Dogs. Yeah. But Greg we, Savvy. We had a side project. And you know what? Greg Savvy was a teacher in uh, Basile. Mm-hmm. So what about Greg Savvy? He was this teacher that, and I don't remember... Anything about him. That well, apparently said. he was awesome as fuck. He had a, a really hairy chest. Mm-hmm. And there was, it was Homecoming or something. And that song, The Ratchet, came on, you know? No, I don't know. It, it, it was a popular rap song at the time. Oh, okay. And he went and he got like his socket wrench and he was like ratcheting around <laughs> with, the, with yeah. the kids and being a, you know, being, being a fun teacher, basically. Fuck yeah. And uh, they talked about him like he was some sort of legendary creature. <laughs> Greg Savvy. Greg Savvy, bro. So we spelled it different because the way he said his name was Savvy, but it was spelled Savoy. Right. But we spelled our band name G R E G G. Yep. S A V V Y. V V. Yeah. Because we're cult. Because it was more cult. Yes. True cult. True cult. <laughs> True fucking cult. And we uh, we were a punk band. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we all I'd had say hardcore punk. Hardcore actually. punk. Yeah. We all had hardcore names. It was all it was all skank beats and 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 single kick breakdown with us. <laughs> I played just power chords. Yeah. Brittany was on bass and you were on drums. Yep. Um, what was our? I, I was Travis X Immolation. You were probably Ricky X Graves. Yeah. What was Brittany? I don't remember. Damn it. Oh well. Yeah, yeah. We had songs like Girls Don't Poo but sometimes they fart. Yeah, we, we were we were definitely uh setting ourselves up to be a comedy band. Well we were the world's finest. But the world's finest comedy band. Yeah. The world's finest period. Personally. Yeah, period. It wasn't yeah. and it's not funny. No. Fuck no, the British. It's not funny at all. Fuck the British. <laughs> you remember that shit. And their periods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we had songs about periods and girl lore. About not pooping. Girls don't poop, man. But yeah. sometimes. They fart. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of fun, especially the, especially at the at the 
the place, man. It's your and, old place. And, and what's the infamous Greg Savvy night that, that you had alluded to earlier? So, <laughs> uh, we were drinking. We were we were drinking, and it was it was it was a, a good amount of uh, spirits flowing, mm. and um, we started jamming. And I don't remember what time it was. Oh, it was early. It was it was late at night slash early in the morning. It was definitely past midnight. The first time we started jamming, it wasn't earlier than that. Probably, dude. We, because we jammed we jammed twice that. Yeah, in that in that occurrence. Yeah, uh, the cops. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But I, I not, didn't. Didn't someone call the cops? My cousin, my it crackhead was, cousin, it was, called the cops. It was uh, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to say her name because you'll have to just bleep it out anyway. Well, I guess no. But she, she. I have a crackhead cousin. I hope she's not a crackhead anymore. I don't talk to her. But she called the cops. The cops came. The cops listened to us, and they were like, "Cool," and they're like, "It's." You know, just turn it down or whatever. No, that like they told us, they told us no loud music until, like, no loud music from I want to say they said eight o'clock to seven in the morning or six in the morning, something like that. So we said okay, sure, and we just got more drunk, and Brittany left and went home, mm-hmm. and Hunter, then Hunter got on base. Hunter got on base. We're drunk as fuck. Me, you, and Hunter. Waited until six o'clock or whatever what? the fuck they told us. Really? And we jammed again. Okay, so it was louder. Eight. Oh, <laughs> so we waited all the way until the curfew was up. We waited until they told us that we could jam, and we jammed louder. And we jammed so hard that Hunter took his fucking bass and, and broke start- the floor. Started, yeah, he started slamming his bass into the floor. That bass was beautiful too, man. The bass was still fine. And it was fine after... He fucked up the floor. fucked the floor up. <laughs> <laughs> the floor tried to swallow a friend of mine once. I never heard that story. Yeah, Sage. He was... I don't know what happened, but he got up off the couch because some football player came on TV. Reggie Bush... <laughs> <laughs> he jumped up. He said, "Bush," and he ran, and the the floor gave way in the oh, living room where Hunter where Hunter broke it. No, that was a different spot. But oh, you wow. remember how I, we had patches on the floor? Yeah, yeah, that, uh, uh, tile patches. That's because the floor had broken through right there, and I would be like, "Don't walk right there." Okay, don't walk where the patches are right. in this house because you'll fall through. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, we stayed up. We stayed up. We were just like, "Okay, sure, uh, no, no problem," and we just kept on drinking. And then 6 o'clock or whatever it was, they told us rolled around. <laughs> and we were like, this time we turning it all the fucking way up. Now it's going to be loud. Bitch. And, and we just, and you you were about to blow your fucking amp up with the feedback. Mm-hmm. He was just kneeled down in front of it, just Jimi Hendrix and that shit. And I was <laughs> blast beaten and probably like about to bust every skin on that fucking set. Didn't you break one? I feel like I I feel like I either busted the kick or one of the toms. I feel like you busted one of the toms. I busted one of the toms. I wouldn't be surprised. I I, think, I, I, I feel like I kind of remember that. Yeah, well, we were so fucked. Yeah, we were fucked up bad. And then Hunter did the infamous, and Isaac never forgave him. Like Isaac still talks about that to this day. Oh, because of that, because he loved that bass, and he was like, I can't believe that motherfucker. It was a five string bass. It was. And Isaac was in love with it. <laughs> that was the uh, that was Greg Savvy and that Greg, was Greg Savvy's infamous night. Greg Savvy never broke up either. No, they didn't. Greg Savvy lives on. It lives on in our hearts, mm-hmm. just like Shimmer Gloom. Yeah. So after Greg Savvy, never dissolved. No, 
after Greg Savvy, after Her Greatest Fear, moving to Eunice, we'll finally get to it. I needed a drummer. You introduced me to Duga and his brother. Jake. It's Brandon and Jake. Yeah. Uh, Brandon got on drums. Jake got on guitar. They came over. Uh, I guess I had told you I was looking for someone. Put your feelers out for me because I knew you knew a lot more musicians than me. Okay. In fact, I, I don't think I knew really any other than the ones you knew. And I had been hanging out with those guys for a while and talking about maybe starting bands and shit like that with them. And, you know, I just thought, hey, I don't know if they're into the same kind of stuff, but let's, and, and they let's weren't. find out. You know? And they weren't. They were They were into... More of the sceny weeny stuff like I was. Scene stuff, emo, hardcore punk. They they, right. were, they were definitely in the harder side on the harder side of things, and I was still like I'm I'm like indie rock like right. that's what I wanted to do. But but y'all did something that I'm, I'm I'm looking for the word. What y'all did surpassed the expectations of any of those genres. It was it was truly unique. You know I always I always loved it. Oh well, thank you. I think I mean, I think I think we did a good job, and we we definitely wrote a lot of songs. We wrote over fifteen songs, especially and the stuff that y'all did later on. I mean, that that was some cool shit. What you mean? Uh, some of the later songs that y'all wrote that you showed me. Oh well, the like one, at the like at the storage unit and all that. The ones that never got played. The live. The ones that never got played live. Yeah, or, or recorded, I guess. Or recorded. Like that they were fucking shit when you're yelling into the back of the sex and tsunamis. Sex and tsunamis, yeah. We were getting really intricate with our songwriting and and doing a lot of, uh, but that's interesting and fun stuff, man. And it and it and it showed that you guys put hard work and loved what you were doing, and it was it was intoxicating. It was around that time you know? that I was getting better at guitar finally because right. I was jamming with Jake, and Jake was better than me, so I was learning a lot from him. Um, and as as the vocalist, I was really just trying to do more of the rhythm. But for some weird ass reason, I did leads a lot. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, but Jake would do rhythms most of the time. Yeah, but he did leads, he did leads too. It it was a really weird. We we shared them actually because right. like for songs like Sicka Symbio, I did rhythm and 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 lead in the same song, and Jake did just leads. Or for uh, Between Ruin and Revolution. Well, for that song, I did I did rhythm. That that was rhythm, and he took the lead part. But uh, I'm, I'm that's kind of meaningless. We ended up recording, I think, somewhere around twelve of the songs we had written, and I still have that. I do too. I don't have the physical copy anymore. I have the physical copy. I lost it in the fucking flood. It's all good. I got it on the computer though. Uh, something one day out of nowhere told me I needed to start ripping a bunch of CDs to my computer. <laughs> and that was one of them, and I'm really fucking glad I did. Hell Satan, Hell Satan. Thank you, Dark Lord, uh, <laughs> for saving that fucking music. It uh, was one of the uh, ones that didn't Brooke do all the little covers or most of them? No, I did. You did? Yeah, I did. I all thought Brooke did some of them. I don't remember that. Oh, it was this little Tatai flower, um, monstrous flower eating a worm. No, you could Tatai. To tie, yeah, yeah, but they don't, they don't know what it is. Uh, so I just, it's a monster. It's a monster. In case you don't know, yeah, it's a Cajuns, monster. Cajuns say to tie for monster sometimes. Get, yeah, get with it. Get with it. Learn, learn our culture. Yeah, so you're gonna speak, listen. Speak Cajun or die. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, which maybe she did, dude. I don't remember. I don't. I, don't, I know. I, I didn't remember few. her. Someone saying something about that, but she might have. 
I know I did a few. I did I did I did a bunch for all my friends that I gave gave out copies to because we made copies of the album. Um, I think we 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 were initially calling it "We're All Even Good Enough." Yeah, that because, sounds about right. Because it because it was a, like a dumb way of saying it. But then I got more serious with it because I actually considered the band serious. Right. And that's when we changed the name too. We played one There's show. Uh, more tea. Yeah, we, we played one show. Um, I think we we were just jamming because we practiced a lot, like multiple times a week. Yeah, I y'all were doing. I mean, y'all were serious. Y'all were doing it, bro. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, my buddy Matt, who I <clears throat> who I had met at Fye in the mall, I went there and I bought Third Eye Blind's first record and Modest Mouse's first record. And I went up to the counter, and the clerk was Matt Richards, owner, operator, and engineer of Square Amps out of Austin, Texas. I own one of these products, and they are fucking legit. They're legit as hell. They're on Chris Stapleton's records. They're on a bunch of people's albums. Like oh, wow. Square Amps is becoming a thing. Matt takes old antique radios and refurbishes them as tube amps, motherfuckers. Damn. Go Google that shit and get you one. They're not expensive, man. Not for what they are. Um, and Matt was like, whoa, I haven't seen people buy these records in a long time. And we high-fived, and he told me about his band, Tamerlane, which is some Edgar Allan Poe shit. Yeah. And I was like 16 at the time, 15, 16. Right, right. We were, it was some babies. I was, yeah, I was baby metal. <laughs> Little babies. I wasn't even metal. <laughs> but I was baby metal. And he was like, yeah, you should come check out our show at Toys Music. And I'm yep. like, where's that at? And he's like, it's off Ridge Road in Lafayette. Bruh, I'm like, I'll be there. Toys was so beautiful, bro. Whenever we showed toys up. Toys was so great. I was so nervous. I felt like I was hanging out with the big kids. Right, right, right. And I saw Matt there with his backpack full of buttons and patches and shit, band yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, And I'm like, this this is the, this is legit stuff. Right. This is really the happening now. Right. And watched him play. And Tamerlane, I... You can still find them on SoundCloud. Go look up Tamerlane or Fuzz Monkey, but Tamerlane, they're still on SoundCloud. They were like they were hardcore punk, I guess screamo, but not really that annoying screamo <sighs> shit. Right. They they were screamo, but not in a bad way. Not that annoying no. sceny weeny shit. No. You know, Screamo didn't start off even emo didn't no, the start first off scene weeny. Were, were great. They yeah. were good. They were good shit, and they were just offshoots of hardcore, right? You know, and, and that's definitely Matt was influenced by bands like Thrice, and yeah. I mean, he could he could better explain his influences. But saw them play, we became friends because we went with them to their after party at their apartment. Um, they lived at the Gallery in Lafayette, Gallery Apartments, and dude, talk about feeling like you're hanging out with the big kids, right? People were doing drugs. People were drinking. <laughs> we had access to all this stuff, right? And we became buds with the with this guy and, and Phil and Brett. The Tamerlane was a three piece, so we'd go to their shows every time they played. And one day we're jamming at the house, and I get a phone call, and Matt's like, "You're booked to play at Toys. You got two weeks. You're opening for us later." What the fuck? Y'all didn't have to audition or anything. No, Dave Dave Hubble ran Toys Music uh, in Lafayette, and the way Toys operated, because they did not pay the bands. Right. They charged a cover. Okay. All ages, so it's a good place for kids to go hang out. Right, it was. And no fucked up stuff, like it was, it was a good place for, for kids. Right, it was actually a good place for kids to go, it wasn't... 
It wasn't a fucking den of thieves no. or drug heads or anything like that. No. You know? And Dave Hubble ran the MySpace where you would go and you would record. He had his calendar of shows and the dates that were open. You would just put your name. You were expected to show up and play. Wow. That's it. So Wow. <laughs> so Matt invited us. And we opened for Tamerlane and Vertigo Sun. That's a lot of trust. I remember them. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of trust uh, he put in people. People showed up. Yeah. People wanted to play, dude. When you're yeah, young, no, yeah, you, know, yeah. you want to go out there. It's exposure. You want to do it. We Definitely. played our first show, and we played every song. I think we played five songs. We played every song probably about... I don't want to say completely twice as fast as they were originally played, but our nerves were so bad, dude. Right, right. Y'all were all fucking playing fast and shit. By our third show at Toys Music, I'll remember this for the rest of my life, July 27th, 2007, we were playing, at the time I think the song was called Sorrow and later changed to Tomorrow's Ghost, but we were playing that song and I saw a couple swaying in the front row. I say front row. This was a very small place. Small venue. But but there were people there. No moshing, no hardcore dancing. People, Sign on the wall. People did sometimes. But though. people did anyway sometimes. Rose to my dear got that going on. God. Um, I used to think they were so cool. They were cool, man. <laughs> they were, they, they were I mean, nice guys. They were nice guys. And, and you know, they were some sceny weeny shit. But they were, they were good at what they did. Very interactive with the crowd. Yes. Uh, especially the keyboardist. That motherfucker who... He damn near had his lips pierced together, and he would come off. He would come off stage and <laughs> shove the fuck out of you. Yeah, if, if you, you were, were in front of him, fucking dancing or doing something or yeah. paying attention. Yeah, he 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 almost knocked me down a few times while I was daydreaming. And uh, yeah, he was a uh, he was legit. They were they were legit. But I saw that couple swaying to the music, and this is a song that had these sweet parts, and then we'd get fucking intense for what we did. Intense, right, right. But I remember watching that and thinking, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Right. Like, that's the moment I knew I want to be in a fucking band. I want to tour. I want to do all the things, you know? Right. Ten years later. Uh, yeah. Or over you know. ten years later. Yeah, well, it, it's never too had, late to have a band and do fun shit. But right. uh, the whole big touring dreams, yeah. You know what, man? And this is off topic. But today with the internet, you can be a big band and not tour. Well, sure. Nails. Nails is a great example. They all have full-time jobs. They write when they have time and when they want to. They're the biggest name in the power violence right now. And they play festivals every now and then. Well, the guys on the you Heavy know? Hole. Uh, well, Will from uh, yeah. Buckshot Facelift. And uh, They all have full-time jobs. Artificial Brain, yeah. But but they tour. Every every once in a while, they'll right. take vacation, I do guess. Do short tours. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have to you don't have to do like you used to have to do these days. You Just know? give up everything else and hope to God and that the vehicle to, you're in makes it to the next show. Right. And it's 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 the internet's really changed things in that way. And uh and some good comes with it and some bad comes with it, but you know. Anyway, I just No, yeah. Jumping off topic. No, but it's right though, because that was around the time MySpace was just becoming big. Uh we changed the name to Deja Morte, and yeah. I wanted to take us more seriously, so I changed the name of the album to A Carnival on Fire Under the Sea. Under the Sea. I it's remember that. It's a little that. bit more serious than We're All Even Good Enough, um, because it actually has something to do with the opening track. 
uh, right. their lyrics in between Ruin and Revolution <clears throat> that have to do with, with something like that. And we had a song called Under the Carnival Lights that had a little carnivalesque sound to it. Right, right. Definitely um, circusy and mm-hmm. I'll always like that kind of stuff too. That kind of guitar work. That it had crazy tempo changes. Yeah. For what we were doing. Right. But Deja Morte eventually broke up. We moved to Lafayette. Why did y'all break up? Uh, I had to <clears throat> move back home with my mom for various reasons. Okay. All right. I I remember that now. There's bas- basically some some serious shit took over. Uh, I was having a hard time actually finding a job when we moved to Lafayette. Yeah. Um. So there there was a, a there were different reasons, but right. We we got together like I moved. I ended up moving back, and we jammed a few times, and we still had it, dude. We were nice. even better. Wow. Like I said, we used to turn Hunter down, and we did on the recordings because he wasn't that good at bass yet. <laughs> by the time we had the big storage unit, and then by the time we had the unit in Lafayette, he had learned how to sync up with the drums and be right. really a good. Him and Brandon were a good rhythm section. Uh, he had gotten good at bass, yeah, and it kind of blew me away when I whenever I came back into the fold ever so briefly, right. But um, we actually had a weird band name in between Prophecy Dogs and Deja Morte. I didn't hear about this. It was it was we never played a show under that name. I turned Prophecy Dogs into Canis Prophet. Oh. It's the same name, right? That's just, cool though. Just more cult. It's right, definitely more cult. <laughs> definitely. Sorry, keep it's saying true. That. True with a V instead of a U. Viva true cult. Um, <laughs> do yeah. you do you like it? It's okay. Then I hate it. <laughs> after dude after, said he hates his own shit. Once they said they, they said, once they said it was okay. For anyone who hasn't seen Metalocalypse, get out. Get, fucking do yourself a favor. Watch that fucking <laughs> amazing show. Um, after Deja Morte, I started a little project with my girlfriend at the time. I, I actually stole this from Between the Baron and Me. I call it a silent circus. Okay. Then I changed the name when I realized I didn't want to be a thief. And I call it Carbon for Sale. Oh, that's cool. Then I changed it again whenever it became a solo project to Somber Joy. I remember Somber Joy. Uh, I wrote a bunch of shit like that. And when I, when I had went back to New Jersey, because I used to, when I lived in Jersey, I would come home for a few months every so often. Right. Then move back. My pest control job was always there waiting for me, so I'd just go back to it. Right. At one point, it was 2010, I hooked up with Frank Esposito. Travis. Travis. Scott. Scott. (laughs) He's dead. What? He died. Oh, my God. He OD'd. No. Eric called me one day, and he's like, he's laughing, and he's like... Oh, no! Oh, no! He's like, boom, guess what? And I'm like, what? He's like... Scott's dead. Travis. Travis. That, yeah, I I couldn't remember how you did it. What do you mean the Predativo still has rats? <laughs> I'll talk about. We'll 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 touch on that one day. Get, yeah, listen. But I hooked up with Frank Esposito in um, New Jersey. Frank is one of HP the- Lovecraft mixed with uh, Adrian Brody. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like that, but yeah. <laughs> kind of what he looks like he's a handsome man and he has a beautiful wife he's he's, he's a good looking kid for sure i don't know i call him a kid he's probably older than me he's older than you (laughs) he lives in uh florida now but oh wow frank frank's one of my best fucking friends and um 
whenever I wanted to start a band in Jersey, because I figured I'm right next to New York City. This is the fucking, as they say in, uh, I think it's, I think it's SLC Punk, right? The mecca, the mecca. of art and culture. Right. Yeah. I've got a- mecca of art and culture to nowhere, Utah. <laughs> we got to talk about that movie one, one day. One day. Yeah, that's a great movie. I wanted to start a band because I'm like, I'm going to fucking, if I'm going to make it somewhere, it's either going to be L.A. or New York. I mean, right. these are big fucking places to, to get noticed. Seattle and New Orleans, too. Sure, sure. You know, there's other places. But, the, oh, yeah, but, but now, when, because of the internet, like you were saying, right. Austin, Texas, dude. Right, Austin blew the fuck up, the music scene. But, you know, and New Orleans always had a good scene, but it was more underground, mm-hmm. you know, especially the metal. I mean, there's people all over the world listen to I Hate God and Acid Bath and shit, you know. All over the world, bro. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But anyway. God damn it. I have a little story about um, Dax Riggs. But oh, boy. yeah, I'd love to hear it because I've never heard it. Dax Riggs from Acid Bath. He had a, uh, a solo tour once called Dax Riggs and, or T-Dax and his Plastic White Soul. That was his little solo project. I never heard that one. I've heard... Uh... Daisy and the Moon Crickets and uh, Dead Boy and the Elephant Man. Dead Boy and the Elephant Man. Yeah, but and well, just when he was just touring as Dax Riggs with his solo music. Yeah, he had he had this little acoustic show going on, and uh, we we submitted ourselves as Deja Morte, like, hey, we want to open for you, and he, I, he must have listened to the 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 link we sent him to because he was like, you're you're good, but you're not what my show needs. And at the at the time, it pissed us off. It felt like a fucking diss, I bet. Yeah. Okay. But I get it now. Okay. I, you know, he didn't want to be... You don't want this crazy, powerful shit. I'm not saying we were powerful, but we were louder than he was going to be. Right. And then you come on stage, but... I don't know. Some deeper part of me still feels like if you're Dax Riggs, man, you're going to own the room. No matter what's in front right. of you. It's a local celebrity. Yeah. You know, in the music scene anyway. He believes in magic. Yeah. Which is awesome. I've talked to him a few times. I always got the vibe that he was like, who's this fucking nut job talking to me? Oh, really? (laughs) When when in reality, he's the nut job? (laughs) Well, I just feel like he was like, oh God, not another fanboy. Mm. Like when I talked to him. But, you know. Uh, I have a fun story about Dax Riggs. Mm. If you'd like to hear it. Yeah. Isaac and I saw him solo. Doing his little thing, um, an acoustic set at uh, the station when it was still open. Yeah. And there was this girl. I actually bumped into Jacob Brunet and uh, Steele and some other people. And we were all kind of hanging out and we were drinking. Isaac got fucked up and threw up twice that night. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, Isaac drunk? I'd love to see that. He got fucked, dude. He threw up. He almost threw up in my car. He threw up at Mel's diner. Oh. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so we were all fucked up, and there was this girl, and I said, girl, there was this woman in front of us, uh, attractive woman, and there was this guy who was talking to her throughout the whole set. And, you know, this and that, and, you know, when the music would stop, you'd hear them, and they were in, like, they were in a real conversation, you know? And finally, he gets a text or something. He looks at his friends and look, I'm sorry, I have to go, but I would love your number because I would love to take you out sometime. And she said, I'm sorry, I I didn't mean to leave. I have a boyfriend. Mm. And he was like, really? And she was like, 
Dax Riggs is my boyfriend. Oh, shit. And he was like, I feel like the biggest dumbass on the planet. It's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to waste your time. And he left. And we busted out laughing. Oh, no. You laughed at his fail? No, I mean, he he was gone. But we just... (laughs) Just all of us. And she turned around. She was like, he was so nice. And we were like, yeah, but that's hilarious. (laughs) And she kind of just laughed a little and turned around. And it was... That feels like something that would happen to me. This dude, this dude tried to pick up Dax Riggs' girlfriend at Dax Riggs' show. Someone's gonna look up who Dax Riggs is, listening to this, and be like, what "The fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> right? Anyway, that's 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 my fun Dax Riggs story. I liked it. <laughs> well, me and Frank, we started a little a little two man group uh, that we were gonna flesh out into something more called Coyote Social. It's another good name. We wrote a bunch of songs and i still have recordings and you know what to this day skank tropica you what skank tropica yeah (laughs) that well that's something else that's my little weird (laughs) not i don't even know what you call that experimental dance music yeah fucking crazy ass (laughs) band solo man band right pure pure electronic true cult electronic definitely true cult uh, that's cult as fuck. I would say to this day, though, the shit I did with Frank is probably the stuff I'm most proud of. Really? Yeah. I would say if I had a musical songwriting soulmate, it would, like, out of all the people I've worked with, no offense, me and you have worked together, but not... We haven't really But not really together. worked together, but... We but we've only jammed a bit jammed together. Jammed a bit. We haven't really worked together. But out of all the people I've I written think, songs I think with... we've got a good enough chemistry, yeah. personality-wise, to where we'd probably be good. I would, I'm pretty sure we would. But I'm saying out of all the people that I did write stuff with... Right. Uh, it, it, I'm, I'm most proud of the stuff me and him did. Uh, okay. So far. Besides, I can, I can see it. Besides some shit stuff. I've done on my own. After the facts, after that's Frank, what I was going to ask you about because I, I, my favorite stuff you've done other than Deja Morte is your your solo stuff, Stoic Savage. Yeah, Stoic Savage. That's what I did after me and Frank. Uh, well, we didn't break up. Coyote Social still exists, just like Shimmer Gloom and Greg Savvy. Yeah, it's still a thing. Uh, just you know, I moved back home permanently, back to Louisiana. Why I left that nice cold weather for this swamp hell. This fucking humid piece of shit. Mosquito infested ass crack of fucking the United nothing States. but mud and sugar cane and bleeding electric fences and <laughs> screaming. And screaming like a feral animal. <laughs> scream scream till you lose your voice. I think everyone should do that just once. At least once. I did it. Do it a few times. So uh, Stoic Savage is just me. And you can find it on SoundCloud. I've got a, a an official demo I recorded with Connor Giberto of the band Odie, formerly of the band Riptide. And uh, he's got a few other projects, but Connor's a hell of a producer. He's produced me twice. He's one of my, my good friends. And I love him. He's a motherfucking awesome musician. Still never met him? An amazing drummer. Yeah. Amazing drummer. Huh. Uh, every time I see Odie live, I'm just blown away by how great they are. Mm put on a hell of a live show that's good i recorded my second demo with connor the first one was recorded at the barnacle where riptide would record their shit and that that demo was cut with him on bass and henry adam denias on drums 
and me on guitar and vocals. Little little tree, tree piece right there. Cool. I like three pieces. Me too. That was Connor's first experience being a solo engineer slash producer. When he did my second EP, which you can find on SoundCloud under Stoic Savage, it's called The Vermilion Sessions. We recorded it at Studio Vermilion, just me and Connor. I did all the instruments. He did the drums. I think he threw on some some stuff too, like he might have done some overdub guitar and bass uh, for certain things, but, but it was just us two. We just right. recorded it all together. It came out awesome. And the, the, the studio trickery he did to it to make it sound even better than it was when it was recorded, you know, Godspeed, man. And, yeah. he's, and he's produced other bands since then. Like, his work is getting better and better. He's fucking Good. awesome. That's awesome. That's a good spot to be in in the music scene, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Being part of different bands, your ears always open. You're, you're you're recording different bands, so you're getting influences from everywhere. You're learning as you go. Connor Connor's got it going on. One of my favorite producers is the guitarist of Converge. He produces a lot of fucking music, and it's it's always fucking gold when he does, mm-hmm. bruh. He did. He did the new "Full of Hell," and I'm like, "Holy fuck!" It's like Butch Vig, you know. He's in. He's got. He's got musical projects, but he's also a big time producer, man. Yes, yeah. he knows what's up. Besides that, musicians those... make great producers. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, maybe sometimes they don't. I don't want to just be like they always make good producers. Cause, For sure. Because I don't. I don't know. Maybe there's some shitty ones. <laughs> <laughs> I picture. Um, there's, like G.G. Allen being a shitty producer. <laughs> right, right. No, Pun intended. Definitely. He would just start flinging shit. There's not shit. enough diarrhea on this, uh, on this track. <laughs> he starts <laughs> shitting on the mixer. <laughs> um, no, but, but besides those two instances of professional studio recording, I just do home recordings with my acoustic. Maybe one day we'll uh, do what you said and get together again because we almost had a band for a second. Me, you, and Isaac. Yeah. King yeah. Undermountain. King Undermountain. Yeah. We were fleshing out, what, two or three songs? Something like that. Yeah. We got together and jammed at In Your Shed, mm-hmm. I want to say a handful of times. Right. Yeah, it was a few, It was at least a few times. <laughs> I remember we had parts, though, and, yeah. and we had structure right. to, to, to the songs. I think I moved to Lafayette, or I got stuck living in Lafayette. Yeah, I think I think that's what kind of what did it. Mm-hmm. It was like you let you were gone suddenly. Well, my car, I, I was I was I was kind of homeless at the time, sort of, and yeah. I was in between places because uh, I've been sort. Yeah, that's happened a few times in my life, and I think my car crapped out, and that's when I was living with what would become my wife. And uh, my wife, and then I got stable, and then from there on out, it's just been you know work, and well, finally starting a, a podcast because right. that's been one of the biggest. Well, I'd say lately that's been the biggest influence in my life, besides yeah. getting into fucking black and death metal. Yeah, which has been a big change, and we'll we'll talk about that. We'll someday, talk about so. Fat Hobbit one day. Oh my god. <laughs> You're married to that, are you? Oh yeah. Oh goodness. That's our. That's gonna be our joke black metal band name, Fat Hobbit. I love it because they, you know, they they like to name themselves after Tolkien shit. Yeah. So yeah. you know, Fat Hobbit. <laughs> Did you have anything between her greatest fear and King Undermountain? No. Everything we're doing is dead in the goddamn water. 
Pretty much. Kind of like Cthulhu. No, you know what? It's sleeping in the it's ocean. Sleeping like in Cthulhu. the ocean. Right. And one day, when the true cult arises. Yeah. That's it. So will us. Us. That's right. Fat Hobbit will rise out of the <laughs> fucking darkest depths of the ocean. <laughs> And step all over. <laughs> with Just walk big, on everything. With its big hairy fucking feet. <laughs> <laughs> the feet of doom. Well, I like th- it. Th- this has been a little a little introduction for Mr. Ricky Prejean and um, Ricky X Graves. <laughs> Lord. With, well, here with T-Boo. Well, if we're going to keep it kind of uh, spooky centric, I mean, you are Mr. Graves and I'm T-Boo. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Um... I'm just going to put a disclaimer out there. If time travel was possible, the first ass I'd go back in time and kick would be my own. <laughs> Why? Oh, just just the type of person I was. On I'm, principle? On principle. Yeah. I would I, I would definitely go kick my own ass a lot and be like, you're, <laughs> you're an annoying bitch. You were never an annoying bitch. I, I, I would annoy myself. Oh. I guarantee you I would have annoyed myself now. I would have annoyed me too. Yeah, so, so I you guess would, let's so go back did. together and kick our own asses. That would be fun. That, you know what? Um, it's like a it's like a pact now. If time travels ever a thing in our lifetime, mm-hmm. we gotta just go back and find the perfect moment to just kick the door in. And, What's up, bitches? We're <laughs> <laughs> fucking just, Jay and Silent Bob style, right? right. Whipping our own asses, <laughs> pretty much. Well, they don't kick their own asses, but they fucking knock on doors and beat the shit out of people who talk shit about them on the internet, right? I love that. <laughs> Me too. We're gonna make a we're gonna make a blood oath after this episode yeah. is over. It's 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 gotta happen. We're gonna make a cum oath. Cum we're gonna both come. We're gonna both come on our own blood like a, Metallica. A semen, a semen sigil. Yeah, nice. <laughs> we're gonna sign off. I've yeah. been Travis Maxwell I've been Ricky Prejean. Embrace the darkness and stay spooky, bitches.